2: with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
1: The volume.
2: What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Back at it again. Recording, I, I was planning on doing this like an hour ago when the score was 42 to a, to a little. And then somehow, Josh Johnson, one of the truly great Wikipedia uh, football careers you'll ever see, just kept throwing the pill around. And uh, I he just threw a pick. It's 45 to 30. Obviously, the game wasn't that close, but... You know something really stood out to me and, and it clicked with me tonight and it, it made me think I'll dive in a little about the Colts I, I don't think they're quite dead yet but God that Tennessee game last week hurts uh the Aaron Rodgers drama and really the Col- or the the Packers have a lot in line this weekend with uh old Jordan Love he could increase that uh that little thing we like to call trade value uh the Raiders you know it's just what what a week. You know, what a week for Derek Carr, the franchise. Uh, Obviously, the tragedy that took place with the young woman losing her life is is beyond terrible. A couple thoughts on uh, the, the Browns and Odell Beckham. Like, what the hell is going on there? So then, of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up in those DMs. And get your question answered here on the show. That's my Instagram, slide in the DMs, easy. Also, if you could, leave a review for the podcast, 3 and Out. Subscribe, tell your friends. I appreciate it. But I want to start with, uh, with quarterback play. And the New York football Jets. And I, it hit me tonight. Like, you really find out... And people have talked about this before. This isn't like some novel concept here. Someone's value when they leave. Right, We saw it last year, Tom Brady left, and we're like, God, he left an enormous hole. But I I think you can look at it in a lot of industries, right? I remember a decade ago, I listened all day long to ESPN Radio. I couldn't even tell you what channel or where to find ESPN Radio. How do you think they've done since old uh, Colin Coward left five, six years ago? I don't know, slipped into irrelevancy, Hasn't gone well. And you can learn the value of someone in the private sector. Hell, you can learn the value of, you know, a parent. You get divorced and maybe the rock of the family. You spend more time. We all know people that go back and forth between homes. One home's a little more buttoned up typically, right? Hell, you see it with substitute teachers. When the real teacher left, we all know this from grade school. It becomes a joke if the substitute doesn't know what they're doing. You're like, God, Miss Johnson's not here for the week. It's on like Donkey Kong to screw around. And Zach Wilson, last week, Mike White, didn't just look fantastic. He led the Jets to a very impressive win against a very good team. And tonight, he leads one drive, and he looks fantastic. He's got a big arm. He looks big. He just looks like a real NFL quarterback. Hell, then Josh Johnson comes in, and I know it was somewhat garbage time, even though there was a lot of time left on the clock, but they moved the ball. I've watched Zach Wilson struggle over and over and over. And then I got to thinking. I went, well, is BYU in shambles? Well, I watched the college football BCS release show. They were ranked 15th. They just scored 66 points last week against a good Virginia team. Their offense is awesome. They have not skipped a beat without them. And then I think about another quarterback, Trevor Lawrence was going through some ups and downs right now in the in the pros just left a program that was a behemoth a powerhouse how's Clemson doing they suck their program is in shambles honestly they're lucky to be whatever they are like five and three I've watched them play several wins they easily could have lost the games I've been watching they are not good they lost Trevor Lawrence And I'm thinking today, like, Zach Wilson, and listen, I'm not trying to write his career in half a season, but he has been, by every metric, terrible this season. Absolutely awful. And for the Jets franchise to be anything, they have to fix him. They have to make him an impact player. Not that, you know, it's clear. Like, that's not some hot take or whatever. That's just the the price of admission when you draft a guy that high. I think the glaring thing, though, is when these other guys come in and the offense rolls. And then, but I just go back to BYU. It's like, well, at a smaller program, you know, Clemson, they went from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. Like, good programs can get hell. Justin Fields to the kid now, C.J. Stroud, who's putting up big numbers. But I watch BYU. I go, smaller program just goes to another guy that just no problem And then you think about Zach Wilson, he always looks and plays like it's backyard football. Like, bro, you're not playing New Mexico. This is Bill Belichick or the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott. You gotta figure it out. And I watch Mike White, I see a guy that's just more of a seasoned pro. More of just a guy that, hey, I can take a check down. Hey, I don't have to be a hero. And listen, you go through growing pains, but this kid's got a long way to go. And I know if I'm... Joe Douglas, the general manager, if I'm Robert Sala, I, we got to spend every waking moment. Clearly the defense, they got a lot of things to improve, but our careers are going to be staked to this kid. And it's, it's concerning right now. And I think you find the concerns when you see these other guys fill in for him. Hell, Josh Johnson, who's been on 700 teams, who was the number one pick in the AAF draft, who played it once upon a time for the Sacramento Mountain Lions. I bet you can't even name what league they were in. Because I know I can't. And my, when I was in the NFL, I scouted that. I think it was the UFL. Tyler Klutz was in it, played fullback. Andrew Sandejo, I begged Lewis Riddick to sign him. He he wouldn't take him to Howie. Um, I should have been more voiceful then. That was a good find by me, even though I get no credit. But I, I would just, I've red flagged the whole Zach Wilson thing. Moving. I mean, they just signed John Beck in the middle of the season. Who's Zach Wilson? LeBron? He just gets to sign his personal quarterback coaches? What the hell's going on here? Uh, And then the Colts. And I I just... They clearly have a team, when they're healthy, who could be an AFC playoff team. But they might have put themselves in the hole way too early. That loss to Tennessee last weekend was devastating. They're up 14-0. Hell, they get the ball late in overtime and he throws the pick. Like, that. if they would have won that game, and right now, you know, they, they would just... They'd be over 500. And they'd have a shot. But I... I don't know. I feel like this season we'll look back and go it'll be the season that could have been what would have been when they're 9 and 8 and they miss the playoffs. And I know people have DM'd me I guess in Indianapolis they've talked about should they bench Carson Wentz so they get the first round pick. No. Because you should compete to try to win 9 or 10 games. Now, are you going to lose your first round pick because Carson's going to play the games? That was part of the deal when you signed him. And who knows you're going to just be in the playoff mix if you're a nine-ish win team right up until the end, so you have no choice. Now, if he gets injured and he misses a couple games and you're clearly out of it, 100%. But if he just keeps playing, you got to play through it because he's going to be your quarterback next year. So you need him to get these reps. You need him. If you're going to make these playoffs even next year, you need him. This I I talked to a, an executive this week on the phone. There are no quarterbacks in this class. Hell, the one quarterback he mentioned, I'm not going to do it right now because he said he's kind of a sleeper. He's never heard his name mentioned. Now, he's an underclassman, but technically he'd come out, but he's not... He's like, he might be the best guy I saw, and no one's even mentioned this guy. All the other guys we talk about, Malik, whatever, at Liberty, he thought's a major project. Corral is tiny. Uh, You know, Carson strong, the quarterback from Nevada, I guess, you know, got some medical red flags, who's a talented player, but there are no, like, top 15-type quarterbacks in this draft. There just aren't. Now, that doesn't mean guys won't end up going in that spot, but Carson Wentz is going to be your guy for the next two years. And listen, he's flawed. He can play hero ball. Uh, You know, he's got some injury concerns, but they ain't upgrading that. They're not. Like, one thing we've seen this year, like, he's a much better player when he's not in his own head, then Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can't hold his jock as a quarterback. He can't. I think we all agree on that. That doesn't mean Carson's perfect. It means he's got some issues. And listen, the Eagles had to move on from, it was over. It was It was time for a divorce. But he's the Colts quarterback for the next couple of years. And ideally, if you go, God, we might be able to keep this guy for five years, that enables you to do a lot of other things. So, I listen, maybe I make too many excuses. Not like I'm even friends. I don't even know Chris Ballard. I I've never even met the guy. But I I think he's pretty good. I think Frank's solid and uh they got some c- good core young pieces. But if they miss the playoffs, I think it'll be hard for them to shake that that Tennessee game in Indy. Like that that they had to have that one. And it does kind of feel like they're going to miss it by a, by a game and it's be like you blew that one, especially with Henry and the foot. It, it's just it's the way the cookie crumbles. Some years. Okay, we got drama Bruin with the Green Bay Packers, and Lem- I was gonna say Vince Lombardi, but he's long gone. Matt Lafleur, Goudakins. Uh, if you're coming to think I'm gonna get on my moral high horse, most of the media has that market cornered. I, I, I it's not. No one wants to hear. Hell, I, I despise talking about COVID uh, at this point in time. I, I would rather swan dive off the Bay Bridge than talk down to people. Again, the media has that market cornered. Bores me. It has zero impact on anyone. We're almost in 2022. Everyone's opinions are already set. Now, th- did he lie or not about getting vac- vaccinated? Again, I tr- I don't care. I, I truly do not give a shit What Aaron Rodgers says or does it doesn't impact my life at all now if you're a Packer fan I could understand being mad at him because he might cost you a game but let's call it what it is you're mad because he's costing you a game not because you know whatever you believe about vaccination and I've said before I got the damn jab uh I did it for business reasons and if I was in the NFL just like the majority of guys don't get it twisted the majority of these guys in the league got it for financial reasons not because they were concerned about it. And I remember talking to Colin about it a long time ago that these younger people were hesitant to get it and didn't quite understand. And listen, it's almost 2022. So Aaron Rodgers tests positive and is out at minimum this week. We'll see how long it goes. It could be a couple games. And I've been saying over and over, it's a little bizarre the way it all happened. Uh, like, I, Listen, the moment Tom Brady and Nick Saban got the shot, like everyone within college football and everyone within pro football, like you were going to get some shit if you didn't get it. Period, point blank, end of story. And Aaron Rodgers didn't get it, and now he's missing a game. But like, getting mad about masks, I I don't care. I I mean, I just simply do not care. Whatever they get in trouble for or not in trouble for, it doesn't matter to me. One iota. And let's face it, most of the media freaking out about it, they actually don't care either. It's called fake outrage. We've, We've seen it on social media for a long time now. But the drama that the Packers had for for the entire offseason, which had nothing to do with vaccines or COVID protocol, it was Aaron Rodgers' feelings. and He's a drama queen. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, he creates drama somewhat out of nowhere. Was a little of it justified that he wanted his boys on the team? Okay. It feels like they fix it. And I've been pounding the table for a long time that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he ain't going anywhere. Like, they're having success, they're 7-1, and one. they just had one of the best wins of his career on the road, short week, missing guys, and everything's going well. Him and Matt LaFleur are on the same page. It is very productive. It doesn't get any better than this. And while I don't think anything has changed in the short term, whenever he comes back, the media is going to be coming through on their moral high horses, and they're going to be lined up a mile long to drill him and get and get angry at him right? And who knows how that goes, which that has nothing necessarily to do with Gudikins or Lafleur, but is he going to get in a weird space now? Cause it feels like he's been in the Zen-like space. They've been winning. He's been crushing it. And now is this going to create drama back within the relationship? You ever been dating someone, married to someone, you get in a huge fight and then it's, it's, it's Rocky, right? But then you patch it up and you move on. But let's face it, depending on how big the fight was, it's always kind of lingering and no different than this situation this summer even though I think most people with common sense just see the way they're acting, you know, it's going pretty well. But it still kind of lingers like is he going to ask for a trade again? Is he is he going to demand more influence in next year's free agency in the draft and if he doesn't get it, he's going to he's going to say trade me to the Broncos. No one truly knows but him. Even the Packers are like hoping it's gonna go well. Maybe they'll make him a long-term contract extension. But now, if it comes out and you know, and the Florios of the world are gonna pound the table, they need to pay for their actions. They've been breaking protocols. And listen, I don't blame them. Like, he's the most important guy in the organization by a country mile. So if they let him circumvent some of these protocols just to take care of them, listen, this is big boy business. This is billion dollar business. Like what were they supposed to do? Kick him out of the building? You know? Let, let's be let's be real here. It's easy to type on Twitter, "Oh my god!" And, it, and then there's real life. And he's the reigning MVP and you're kicking ass and taking names. But if they get a huge fine, what happens when they keep getting peppered with these questions? Do they Does this create a rift, even though they had nothing to do with it? In a perfect world, they would have loved him to get the jab, so this just went away. Now, just because Devontae Adams was vaccinated, he missed last week, you know, whether you get paid or not. But again, that that doesn't impact me or you at all. But I do wonder if there's just going to be this lingering thing, which was already there, now comes back into the forefront. And I heard Colin on Thursday morning talking like, let's face it, usually when adversity hits, sometimes... People point fingers. So, do the Green Bay Packers support him? Which I think they will. Uh, how he acts when he comes back and has to face the media again—it uh, could get, you know, contentious. It will because the media is going to, you know, be throwing jabs at him, and he'll probably jab back. And then how that carries over back to the organization—I'll be fascinated to see. No one will know, but I know this: the next time Rogers talks. Uh, it's it's going to have a lot of eyeballs, and I know that I will be watching. But on the bright side, if you're the Packers, is this rift originally, let's face it, was created because of this guy named Jordan Love. He hated the draft pick, even though at the time, Rodgers, it looked like it was kind of trending down. They drafted him at the end of the first round. We've never seen him play beside a couple, really, I think like two preseason games. Even this year in the preseason, he got injured. Well, he gets to play the Chiefs, which is a huge win for the Chiefs this weekend, right? You don't have to face Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you get Jordan Love. But what if Jordan Love is good? And let's just say Rodgers misses two games. And let's say, win or lose, if Jordan puts together two good games, throws, you know, six touchdowns in the next two weeks, looks good with Devontae Adams, moving around, looks like a legitimate quarterback. They're going to have two options. If Rodgers, at the end of the year, this thing has lingered, the rift comes back up, and he's like, I demand a trade. You might feel good about your backup quarterback. You might go, you know what? This sucks. Obviously, we do not want to get rid of Rodgers, but he's, you know, putting his stake in the ground. He refuses to uh to be a team player and he wants to go. So there's, you know, we're offering him $150 million. He won't take it. What are you supposed to do? You do have a backup plan, which is probably the second thing you're rooting for. Ideally, what happens? He's sweet. Think how many teams need a quarterback. The football team does not have a quarterback. The Denver Broncos do not have a quarterback. The Houston Texans do not have a quarterback. There are no quarterbacks in this draft. The Philadelphia Eagles might, you know, Jalen Hurts, he ain't the quarterback. These teams are gonna what if this guy's good? Could you just get like the Jimmy Garoppolo trade for him? Could you trade him for a second round pick? Then all of a sudden, you know, you don't recoup recoup all of his value, but you're able to flip him for something of value and then pay Rodgers and move on. To me, that is the best case scenario, but he has to play well. And the way he's looked at, and this is how you look at it when you're a scout, is like, if I'm evaluating a college prospect, I evaluate you based on like if you're in the SEC, I'm gonna watch you against Alabama and Georgia. Those are the first two games I'm gonna watch. If you're a free agent, I'm gonna watch you against the best teams you've played on your schedule, right? If you're a defensive end, well, how have you played against the best offenses you've faced? Did you play the Rams? Did you play Arizona? Did you play Green Bay? You know, did you play S- I'm trying to think in the AFC, Baltimore, right? Cincinnati, if you're a corner, like I I evaluate you against the best competition. Well, the Chiefs aren't good on defense. So he's going to have to look good. Like the bar is going to be a little higher. If he was playing, you know, the Buffalo Bills, if he was just serviceable, you'd be like, this guy might be okay. If he plays against the Chiefs and does not throw for a couple touchdowns, it's not going to be good. Uh, So there's a lot on the line, big picture, regardless of Rodgers, with Jordan Love this weekend. And I think if you're the Chiefs, like you just got kind of thrown a bone. You don't have to face one of the best players in the league, uh, one of the best teams in the league. You could argue the best team in the league getting Devontae Adams. I I read he's back at practice. So uh, this kind of becomes must win the moment you see Jordan Love if you're the Chiefs. This week marks the halfway point for the NFL season. And there's a big Sunday afternoon matchup between the Packers and the Chiefs. FanDuel Sportsbook is about to make that even bigger. FanDuel is giving new customers 30 to 1 odds on either team to win. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. Well, think about this. Rodgers, bye-bye. Jordan Love, hello. Mahomes, Coach Reed, back against the wall. Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey. I like the Chiefs. I like them to win pretty big. Uh, I would put $5 on the Chiefs to win $150. FanDuel is the sports betting made simple. They're always hooking up you with great offers. Plus, when you win, you'll get paid in little as two hours. See, your, see for yourself why FanDuel is the number one sportsbook. Sign up with the promo code Colin this week before the Packers take on the Chiefs. You could win $150 on a $5 bet. Remember to use the promo code Colin exclusively on the FanDuel app. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 533 42 Arizona 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee, Redline 1 800 889 9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage,
2: making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash let's go to Cleveland and Odell Beckham and I I think we all know these people that it's just always something uh I've disassociated with a lot of those people as I've gotten older but like when I was young like in high school everyone knew the guy that was just always in trouble could not avoid it no matter what he did it was like oh my god same thing actually in college too it's like are these guys just dumber it's like well no I do dumb things too why is he always getting caught Why is he always getting in trouble? You know, and some people just, you know, like if you're a miserable older people, miserable people need company, right? Most happy, positive people don't associate themselves with misery, right? It sucks. That's why it's like, why I always try to disassociate myself with the media. It's like, God, these people are miserable. (laughs) Like I, I feel bad for their significant others that have to sleep with these people every night. Just seems like misery, but misery just kind of attracts other miserable people. And for whatever reason, dysfunctional people just kind of gravitate toward those people, right? Jeff Bezos ain't hanging out with a lot of dysfunctional people, right? Tom Brady, not doing it. I mean, Nick Saban, a lot of high-level people, he's around. He Losers, you know, people getting, he's just, he doesn't surround himself with those people. But for whatever reason, the Cleveland Browns, you know, there's several organizations historically that just attract that, right? And Cleveland can't shake it. Like, it's drip, drip, drip. This is like Cleveland, Odell Beckham. Let's face it, they're kind of made for each other. We always act like Odell Beckham, he was a star. Kind of. Had a couple moments for bad Giants teams. Like, I, I viewed Odell Beckham as kind of a complainer. Uh, it's it's woe is me. It's someone else's fault. Like, no, it's Odell Beckham. You kind of are what you are now. Like, you're well established. Like, I, you can't play the victim card. The Browns. Like, you're always in shambles beside last year. For whatever reason. I don't know. You know, it's even your owner. A couple years ago, he gets popped for cheating out the truckers. It's always something. It feels like these guys are made for each other. But what I do not understand, I I, I get where Odell Beckham threw out the bat signal to the LeBron. Got LeBron tweeting and Instagramming about him. Got his dad throwing out YouTube videos. Like, that that's, feels par for the course for the Browns. But that doesn't mean that other teams actually value him. And the problem was, as you saw with the Von Miller trade, Teams did not have any cap space because last year with the lost revenue, the salary cap came down. Well, if I'm going to trade for a guy, let's just pick an even number, making $10 million on the season. Well, halfway through the season, I then owe him $5 million the rest of the season. If I have a total cap space going into the regular season of $3 million, I can't fit that, three, that $5 million under my cap. So a guy like Odell Beckham they made, whatever, $15, $16 million this year. Most teams do not have $6, 7000000 million in cap space. So I couldn't even trade for him if I wanted to. I don't understand why the Browns didn't just eat the money and get rid of him for like a sixth or seventh round pick. Because to me, that was his value around the league. Now, maybe there's a chance that no one was going to trade for him. I do think that's very possible. He's he's a has-been. He, he is no longer uh, you know some dominant player. Those days are in the past, and I know a lot of people love holding on to the past. I like looking forward, and it's 2021, not 2017. He, he's he's just kind of a guy right now, and when you're a smaller wide receiver who hung his hat on speed and explosion, and you're not quite as explosive anymore, and you're not just super try hard, you know, die hard teammate, you know, it's like you get thrown kind of to the side. But I don't understand why the Browns, once they couldn't trade him, and let's face it, they probably would have traded him at this point for a bag of balls and ate some of the money. Now, maybe there's a chance the owner doesn't want to eat the money. I don't know. No one will know, really, beside the GM and the owner. But why not cut him at this point? If if you're going to consistently just send him home and not allow him to practice, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if he's playing, whatever, you're not seeing eye-to-eye, but you're just going to play with it. I'd go okay, you know. it's Just this is the big leagues. You're paying him a lot of money. He can still be somewhat, you know, I guess productive. He's just a body for you. But you now you're refusing to even let him participate. Just cut fucking bait. Well, why do you why do you want this going on? I, I don't get it. He hates your quarterback. Clearly, the quarterback doesn't like him. The head coach doesn't like him. I'm always told. Listen, I, I think highly of Stefanski. I've never met actually. I, I, when I was advanced scouting, I sat next to Andrew Berry. One time, it was probably like 2011. And I remember asking someone when I got back about him, they're like, oh, he's that Ivy League guy. He's really smart. He's a good, good young scout. And clearly, he's become a general manager. They have, they have an Ivy League GM. They have an Ivy League coach. Why are they doing this? Like, if you ever want to break out of the dysfunctional organizational category, you can't do things like this. this. This can't happen. Like, remember the Steelers with Antonio Brown? It would like they'd always be able to handle it. Then they hit a tipping point in the off season, and he went away. But in season, even when he like threw the ball at Roethlisberger, they could just figure it out. But when you're dysfunctional and you get other dysfunctional people around you, let's face it, Baker is a little bit clearly Beckham is has a long history of it. It just kind of permeate permeates permeates. I can't even say that word throughout the building. Right? It's just it's just kind of everywhere, and you can't stop it. It's like a it's like a it's like a leak that breaks into a flood and the Steelers could handle it New England handles it good teams handle it uh, but Cleveland can't and right now they have a problem they have an issue and I, I just don't get why they're holding on to it the easy move cut bait move on and again in defense of Andrew Barry maybe his owner is refusing him to just refusing to let him pay Beckham to walk away but that's just, that's just bad business <laughs> Uh, obviously the story coming out of Las Vegas this week is horrific. Uh someone lost that, you know, tragically was killed. Uh and, and a young woman and her dog lost her life. The visuals of the burning car. Uh I, you you're not human if it doesn't hurt your heart. And it, you know, I, I hate that I, I I'm guilty of this because I, I didn't want to, but I, I saw a TMZ tweet of rugs sitting on the corner. I, I, I clicked on it and him screaming and crying. It's just the whole thing. Just absolutely, you know, a 22-year-old threw his entire life away. And I hear a lot like, oh, it's like Dante Stallworth only got 30 days. Henry Ruggs going to jail for a long time. I'll promise you that. This doesn't have that many parallels to Dante Stallworth. There wasn't a lady that burned alive in a car blown up with a guy going 150 miles an hour on a residential street. It it ain't the same. Uh, And listen, the states are different. Vegas, he's in major, major trouble. It's bye bye Henry Ruggs. life, you know, I, I don't want to say over because if you do twenty years, by the time he gets out, he might be forty or fifteen years. But it's his life is ruined and it's self inflicted. He did this. But when when you hear the story of Derek Carr telling he was at Top Golf and texting him pictures of his swing at eleven o'clock at night, and then three or four hours later, this happens. It's just again, you're not a human if it doesn't create emotion inside you if you if you follow this sport. But I I think, listen, we we've all, maybe not some of you, if you haven't lost a grandparent, a parent, a friend, uh, you know, had you know tragic things happen to your life. But it's hard. The older you get, like once you get to my age, it's basically inevitable that you're gonna go through shit out of your control that is gonna be just bad, horrific. You know, things or tragedies are gonna happen, and it's you eventually, like you learn, you know, there's a obviously everyone grieves differently, but the sun comes up the next day, like businesses keep going. You know, you don't, you, you, you can stop. You can, you know, we all, you know handle things differently, but like life moves on. And if you have certain jobs, like especially the quarterback of a team, you, you know, you still like Derek Carr, I thought for the 50th time on Wednesday, to just carry the Raiders franchise that you know used to be a lot like the Cleveland Browns, and honestly, without Carr, I, I don't think there would be that many differences between the Browns, the Lions, the dysfunction that just rings true, right? And, and Derek has been the constant of just professionalism, and I, I would even just say credibility that the organization, you know, for basically the last couple of decades, just ha- just without him, they would not have. And, uh, you know, I I do think you get to a point where, you know, you learn this in like business school, the law of diminishing returns, right? You can handle the like some tragedies or some things that, you know, rocks your world as a company, as an individual, as a group, whatever. You can almost, you know, uh, use it to gravitate toward each other and use it as like a rallying cry Is the wrong word. But just to come closer together, and, and I think the Raiders did that without Gruden, right? They they've won the last two games and played really well. I mean, convince, convincingly kicked ass against the Broncos and Eagles. They've looked fantastic, and John Gruden was—you could almost argue—he was an anchor on the franchise. It was not going well, uh, and without him, it felt like almost, you know, uh, the elephant in the room of negativity and drama was just removed, and that was before the emails. It was just. He was like a bigger-than-life caricature that wasn't as good of a coach as he was famous. And I thought once he was removed, I'm like, damn, these guys could just... The AFC's wide open. I mean, Tennessee right now is the number one seed, and Derrick Henry is out for who knows how long. Could be the entire season, right? Uh, the Chiefs are kind of in shambles. The Ravens just had that bad loss to Cincinnati. Like, every... The Pittsburgh, Roethlisberger, he's old. Patriots have a rookie quarterback. Like, the I don't think the AFC... In the last couple decades, if it has ever been more open. But on, on Monday, I was thinking, God, could the Raiders be the number one seed? I do think you get to a point where it's just hard to overcome this. Uh, you know, Derek, I watched his press conference yesterday and he's like, you know, I was walking through the locker room and I and I look and I see Henry Ruggs locker, and it just kind of hits me, you know? And they they have a unique group. Obviously, Derek has been with the Raiders for a long time. He's seen it all. You have their best player on the team is a uh, recovered drug addict. Uh, One of the great stories in the NFL who is like a beloved teammate on that team in Darren Waller. And then their defensive leader, you know, had to go to rehab for alcoholism last year and he's cleaned up his life. And it's another great story who's become a great player in Max Crosby. So like they actually for having, you know, they have a team full of a lot of guys with life experience. And I, I do think you can get together, but there's a human element to this that Gruden just did not bring to the table. You know, obviously a, a young woman lost her life, but, you know, a teammate who they just had spent a lot. Of, I mean, Josh Jacobs, think how long Josh Jacobs has probably known Henry Ruggs for. You know, six years, seven years, right? They both went to Alabama together. They were both there at minimum, you know, three years. I was, uh, Jacobs was a senior. So Jacobs was probably on the team when Ruggs came on his recruiting trip. Like, we're humans, you know? And it's just this type of situation that can rock you. Now, they're playing the Giants this week. They're leaving on Friday. I've already bet them to win. But I I do wonder, like, it's just hard to shake so many of these things. Uh, And I I don't know if it's going to come to catch them. And there's a football aspect of... Henry Ruggs was an ascending player. Uh, He looked fantastic this year. His statistical line did not match what his impact was on the field. Like, I think he had a chance to become a really, really good player. And now he's gone forever. I mean, obviously they cut him, but, you know, and I see a lot of this, like, his career is not over. Like, guys, he is going to jail for a long fucking time. Like, it's not arguable. Like, he ain't, it's it's over. Like, it's, it's done. Like, it, it, he ain't coming back from this. And I, I'm not one to say that usually like when something happens to someone like I I don't ever say that this is this is the private sector you know you always look past when money's on the line it's just whether that makes you uncomfortable or not it's just that's the reality of life and how we operate in America but this one like I I he ain't even gonna be available and I I I think if you know I've never known a person that's gone to jail for 10 years or 15 years but if you would spend a lot of time with them even if you think the act that whatever they committed was heinous that would still impact you so I, I don't know if it's going to catch up to him this week again I, I put money on the Raiders uh to beat the Giants who have a covid problem going on right now but I do wonder if like as the season goes if it, if they just kind of you know I I don't want to say fall flat but it, it would be understandable if they do overcome it uh if they make the playoff if they win the division I I I think you can just hand the mVP to De, uh Derek Carr uh, you know, especially if he keeps playing how he's been playing, it would be a remarkable, like it, it clearly it would encompass more than football. But if you're able to overcome your coach getting fired for a non, you know, football thing, right. With the emails and then a teammate slash an incident like this happening. And you lead a team to, you know, 12 victories. It's a fucking remarkable accomplishment. And D- Derek even talked about, you know, I, I don't have a choice. I have to compartmentalize. And this is what I'm saying. Like, We all can compartmentalize no matter how much tragedy or death or whatever you've been through, but eventually it hits you, you know, and you just, it's hard to focus. You know, I I don't care how mentally tough you are. We're all humans at at a point. And this one, whether whether it catches up to them this week, but I I could see just them going through a very, very rough game. It would be very understandable in, in the near future. And lastly, the college football playoffs. I understand the business of the sport is to generate interest and a huge. And listen, college football right now is the number two sport in America. The NFL is number one by a wide margin. College football is two. The, the, like last week, Michigan and Michigan State got 9 million people. 9 million people. Like the World Series got 11 million. The World Series got 11 million people watching. The NBA, a big game for them during the regular season is like 2 million people. Michigan, Michigan State, 9 million people. Ohio State averages 5 million people watching their games. College football is a behemoth. It's a cash cap. And the way to increase just interest are put these arbitrary numbers next to teams. And they've been doing it forever. right? It happens in college basketball is no different. but the, But unlike college football, all the teams who are any good make the tournament. So everyone has a shot to win the national championship. In college football, obviously before the playoffs, it was just, it, it felt a little thrown together. Oftentimes, it didn't feel like the, a deserving team even got a shot. Uh, it, it was just, it there wasn't a rhyme or reason to it. Now there's a rhyme or reason four teams get in. Uh, but to do this this early, to me, seems like, can you imagine if we did an NFL playoff show? Like, this are gonna be the matchups in Thanksgiving. And we just did like a serious show. You'd be like, well, well, these teams, like three of these teams still play each other. They're all, they all have the same record. Why, why are we wasting any breath? We don't do that, right? We just, we talk about the individual weeks games because there's not some arbitrary number next to teams' names in the NFL. We, you're either going to make the playoffs or you're not. Now, obviously it's harder to make the college football playoffs because there's, you know, four teams. But by doing these these games, like, I thought it was kind of stupid. Now, I understand why they do it, and I get why the interest, but I guess I think it's stupid if you make a big deal of it because just Georgia right now, clearly the number one team. No one argues. But Alabama, even before they get to Georgia, they already got a loss. They have to play at Auburn. Now, I don't think Saban is, you know, Brian Harson is Saban's equal, but Auburn's pretty good this year. And let's face it, Alabama is somewhat a shell of itself. So for Alabama to stay in the top four, they have to win at Auburn, which they have lost before in the Saban uh, era. And then they have to beat Georgia, who Georgia in that game, I would guess will be a seven to 10 point favorite. They are going to be a massive favorite, even over Alabama. Then take a step back, Michigan State. Well, Michigan State plays Ohio State. Guess what's going to happen in that game? They're going to be a massive underdog. And let's face it, more than likely, Ohio State's winning that game. So that that's going to play itself out. And then Oregon, by have you watched them play? They are no lock to win out. That's, they're just not. They're, they get up for big games, and they get down for little games. They still play at Utah, which they could lose that game. While they're better, they could lose. And then you look at the team, Ohio State, like I said, plays Michigan State, and Oklahoma still plays several teams that are in the top 15. So I understand getting all fired up on this and putting out the early rankings and getting everyone excited. Do you know the only thing we learned? The only thing we truly learned is that a non-Power 5 team is never going to make the playoffs. And you know what? I, I don't care. <laughs> like I'm okay with that. Like this is, this is the country club that includes Power 5 programs. The non-Power 5 programs are not invited to it. Every country club in America, like Augusta, every state has these. Just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean they're going to let you in. Just because you're having a good season doesn't mean I have to let you in my playoff. And they can say whatever they want. It's white noise. We know they are on the outside looking in. And I saw yesterday Gus Malzahn, who's now at UCF and clearly coached at Auburn forever, played Alabama every single year said, I've been in the SEC, I played Alabama, I played Georgia, I know what it looks like, Cincinnati is their equal. Well, that's great, Gus, but the people that decide don't agree with you. And no one truly, because their fan base is never going to be big enough, is going to pound the table hard enough to get that team in. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Because, th- th- listen, I when I worked in college football, I was at a non-Power 5. And while we played Boise and we would play up, you know, Wisconsin and we would play power five programs, but most weeks it was like New Mexico, San Diego state, you, you know, uh, New Mexico state. It was teams that Hawaii that just aren't the same as going through the rigors of, you know, playing even just Kentucky and Tennessee and Florida or Penn state and Iowa. It's a completely different level. So it doesn't bother me at all, but I think the overreaction sometime to the early you know, college football playoff rankings is just that because it always plays itself out because all the top teams always in conference end up playing other ranked teams and they will either stay up or they'll come back down. It, it, it's a tried and true formula. It happens every single year and if I would guess, Ohio State's going to beat Michigan State and ultimately Mel Tucker's going to be at LSU. In Oregon, like, I do not feel very confident that they're just going to win out. I will be stunned if they do not have a game over the next month where it's, like, tied in the second half. And you're like, oh, are they going to go down? Because if they lose, they're gone. And then Oklahoma, if they win out, especially against, they beat Oklahoma State and they beat Baylor, they are going to be in the Final Four. It's too bad that Texas and Pole Assassin, if you haven't heard the Pole Assassin story, make sure you Google that, is nowhere near the Final Four because Sark is already four and four. Uh, He has his special teams coach married or dating a stripper, biting kids. And uh, I've said forever, Sark has an incredible marketing campaign because he's not a very good head coach. He's just not. You know, and I think Sark and Lane get lumped together a lot. Lane can coach. Sark, not really.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
2: And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash
1: activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin tire ratings and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Okay, let's get to a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the uh, little thing we call an Instagram account. I heard Derek Carr speak about the Henry Rugg situation. He is so reliable, mature, and impressive at the mic. How valuable do you think he is for the Raiders organization off the field? Thanks a bunch. Love the show. Like I said earlier today, uh, I mean, I just... You, you, they'd, be, they'd be a joke without him. They were a joke before him. They had moments even with him that they were kind of a joke when he was a younger player. And uh, yeah, I mean, they would be the Lions. They, they would be the Lions in a cooler market. No offense to Detroit never been there but that th- that's what they would be. So to me they uh they're very lucky to have him. They're very lucky Reggie McKenzie drafted him in the second round. Because Mark Davis never talks, right? Uh Gruden, you know, was a laughing stock. I get laughing stock would be strong. I mean, he was he was definitely not worth the 100 million dollars, that's for sure. So I I I think they are uh they're very lucky to have the guy for sure. And he's a good player. You know, I mean, he's a top, you know, 10 quarterback in the league. He's probably somewhere this year between like 7 and 10. I mean, he's just a really good player. He's the best quarterback. You know, you know, Rich Gannon was only there a couple years. Now, he won an MVP. But, you know, Derek's career, he's going to have to make the playoffs a couple times. I guess Rich did make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, at worst, he's got a chance to be the... You know, second best quarterback in the last 50 years. Ken Stabler, Rich Gannon. I, I know, what's his name? Uh, what the hell is his name? He went to Stanford. He he won a couple Super Bowls. Uh, not Tom Flores, the guy that... Were, Jim Plunkett. But Derek's a better player than Jim Plunkett. But Jim Plunkett was a Super Bowl champion. They won two in LA. Huge Cowboy fans. What's your take on the Gallup when Gallup comes back? Four wide spread with two backs. Honest opinion. If you were the D coordinator, how would you game plan against them? I had thought, like, should they trade Gallup? You know, I'm pretty sure Michael Gallup is in a contract year. I think the best thing they can hope for is Gallup comes back and is good. And then, right, they have, I mean, Amari and CD are going nowhere. That Wilson kid is good. Gallup's so cheap. I'm going to his contract page right now. They got him in the second round. Yeah, he's a UFA. So to me, if he comes back, you want him to look good so you can tag and trade. Could you tag and trade him to someone for like a third round pick? Like, I mean, I think he's a pretty good player. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I mean, I sp- spread it out, you know? <laughs> That's what i do. I'd spread that baby out and throw the pill around. You know, Gallup... You know, I guess tag and trade might be a little tough. He had 66 catches two years ago. He had 60 catches last year. and five. He's had 11 touchdowns the last two years. Uh, He hasn't played yet this year. I always like Michael Gallup. I think they drafted in the second round. They drafted in the second round? They drafted in the third round. And really, you know, if it wasn't CD hadn't fallen to them, they wouldn't have drafted CD. So I I think that kind of changed the game. With the AFC in such a log jam currently, who do you consider to be the pop top team at this point? I, I don't think there is one. Because Tennessee is the number one seed. I Without Derrick Henry, they just are not the top team. Their defense is not good enough to be the top team. I, I can't say they're the best team in the AFC. And they're good. I mean, they're fine. I'm pulling up the playoff standings. Vegas, I mean, they just lost one of their best players. That one. I, and I think Vegas a playoff team. I couldn't put the Ravens ahead of the Raiders because the Raiders beat the Ravens. I'd probably say the Bills. I think if the Bills played the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Titans, I would, you know, in a playoff game, I would pick the Bills in all those games. Because I wouldn't take the Bengals. I wouldn't take the Steelers. I wouldn't take the Chargers. I wouldn't take the Patriots. I, I would say the Bills are the best team in the AFC. With the Ravens and Raiders kind of right behind them. I said it on my other podcast. The AFC is wide freaking open. for Forever, it was not open. It was Brady and Belichick and Peyton Manning. And then the last three years, it was Mahomes. Now it's like, the Bills are by no means a lock. Like, they could lose a playoff game. So I I would say that I I think this AFC is, for anyone, could win it. Before Ruggs went out, I, I thought the Raiders had a pretty good chance to compete with anybody, but that, that makes it a little more difficult. I'd say the Ravens, but they have had so many injuries, and they got their ass kicked by the Bengals a couple weeks ago. I don't know. The NFC is going to be just powerhouses, right? Tampa, when Rodgers comes back, L.A. Like that, That's just the Dallas. I mean, those four teams are fucking good. I mean, all four of those teams can win it. Arizona, I think, is gonna be a little more difficult. But those but Arizona's gonna make the playoffs. But those four teams can win the like our, if any one of those four teams were in the AFC, we would pick them. The Cowboys schedule to have uh <coughs> seems to have them slotted against less than stellar quarterback talent. The top quarterbacks they've played have been Brady and Herbert. One was a loss, the other was a field goal at the end. Could there be in for a disappointment come the playoffs? They'll be when they're facing elite quarterback. Well, sure. I mean, that's the playoffs. It's hard. You know, you play the best quarterbacks in the playoffs. Whenever you lose in the... Like, the Rodgers last year was a big disappointment. The Chiefs last year was a big disappointment. When you lose in the playoffs, unless the Cowboys do not, you know, win the Super Bowl, it's going to be a major disappointment. Because the Cowboys... So, they play... They play Denver this week. I got news for you. They're going to win that game. Then they play Atlanta. They're going to win that game. They're going to be 8-1. Then they got the Chiefs and the Raiders back-to-back. Okay. Then the Saints. Then football team, New York. Football team, Philly, Arizona. I mean, they're going to win 12, 13 games. I mean, they have a very good chance to be the number one seed. More likely, they're the two or three seed. And they're hosting a playoff game. And hell, in the second round, they might be hosting a playoff game again. If they're the 2 seed, they're going to host back-to-back games, assuming they win the first game. Now, granted, 2 seed it could be like Niners-Cowboys, which, talk about television ratings. <laughs> that thing will do about 30 million people. Yeah, I mean, I who, when you lose in the playoffs and you're a 13-14 win team, it's a kick in the you-know-what. I mean, it, it is. Think about all the playoff. Let's just think out loud about some of the playoff losses last year. Kansas City, devastating. Buffalo, not quite as devastating. No one thought they could beat the Bills. Packers losing to the Tampa. I mean, that was a big-time loss. When the Saints lost to Tampa in the second round at home, that was a big-time loss. That was, a de- that was Drew Brees' last game ever as a pro. Remember some of the visuals of Brady and Brees on the field after with his kids? Brady's fan or I mean, uh, Brees' family. Tom throwing one of Drew's kids' balls. It was clear. It was over. Like, that was... That was the end. And it's always the end whenever your season... I'll, I'll never forget my first year in the NFL. We made the playoffs. We won the NFC East. We hosted the Packers. And that was the year Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. And he beat us. And the season... You, you spend all this time, all season long, every week, just grinding, 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 grinding. Your team's good. We had Michael Vick. and He almost won the MVP. And it was like, can we uh, can we go to the NFC Championship game? We're going to win a couple of playoff games. And then you lose. You're like, what do you do the next day? You're like, yeah, you start getting ready for free agency in the draft. It just ends. So when it ends, it sucks. I mean, it, it is a kick in the you-know-what. I mean, it is a gut punch. So Brady, here's the thing. Tom's going to lose one of these years in Tampa. Like I, I mean, they might win back-to-back, but let's just, statistically speaking, What are the chances that Tom Brady ends his career with nine Super Bowls? You'd say probably not, right? Is it crazy? Like one of these years, Tampa Bay this year, let's say they're the two seed, and they play the Niners, and the Niners are a seven-point underdog. I'm I'm not saying this because I'm a Niners guy. I'm just saying like just it it could be I I would put another team in there, but it doesn't really – you can't put Minnesota in there. They wouldn't lose to Minnesota. Let's just say Kyle Shanahan were to upset them. Can you imagine the feeling like, oh my God, is Tom Brady going to retire? Is he going to come back for another one? He can't end his career like that. Can you imagine how mad Tom would be? We don't see Tom mad that often. Just like historically, we didn't get to see Bill mad that often. They didn't lose. They went to the Super Bowl all the time. Remember the couple times they lost, it was like, oh, there's Bill not shaking anyone's hand. Tom walking right off, sore losers. What did Lombardi say? Show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. Like sore losers are usually, you know, especially with when they're winners... They're not used to losing. So it's got to happen. It's just, if if Tampa does not make the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be a pretty historic moment when Brady loses. Because he's just, the last dec- six, seven years, he's at minimum made it to the Super Bowl. And then how many Super Bowls does he have in the last five years? Four? He has four Super Bowls basically since 2015. That's insane. That's That's nuts. But it's also a fact. Have a good weekend. Enjoy some college football. Enjoy some cocktails. Enjoy your family. And uh, see you guys Monday. I'll actually talk to you guys Monday. Unless you subscribe to the YouTube channel, then you can see some of this stuff. Adios! 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust